Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. Well, hello and welcome back to This Creative Life. I'm your host, Felicity O'Connor, and I'm very excited to welcome the really quite amazing and wonderful Amanda Gaskin, who is uh, here to talk to us today about, I suppose, all things financial, really, um, organising things, uh, how, as creative people, uh, we need to know the right questions to ask our accountants, and um, Amanda comes from a really rich background in this field, and I'll let her fill us in on all of that, but welcome, Amanda. Thanks, Felicity. Thanks for having me on the show. That's my absolute pleasure. And we probably met, what, 18 months ago now, do you think? Probably about 18 months, yes. Yeah, fantastic. And we we came across each other through um, a business networking opportunity uh, and some sort of coaching group, really, wasn't it? And That's right. Got to sort of, I got to, to eyeball off Amanda and thought, yep, she's really got some stuff organised here that um, I need to know as an artist and, of course, as uh, the beautiful um, community has grown around me of all sorts of creative people. There was lots of rich knowledge that I felt was incredibly important to share because I notice there are a lot of people in creative businesses that perhaps they haven't quite accepted that they they are a small business. That's right. And so I know one of the things you do particularly well is help iron out some of the early perceptions or misperceptions about small business and what people need to know about. So I'm dying to talk to you all about that. But Amanda, maybe we can start with um, just getting to know you, helping our audience getting to know you a little bit. Tell us a bit about yourself and and your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, look, I'm an accountant and have been an accountant for over 20 years. Uh, For the last 17 years, I've had my own accounting practice, um, Gascoigne Consulting, and um, it has been a practice that has mainly – dealt with small to medium-sized businesses and individual uh, taxpayers with rental properties and and sort of more complex sort of affairs. Um, But my love is small business and that's how my business has grown um, over that time. It's all been through word of mouth. And I started at my home um, in East Maitland just before I had my children. So not long after I started my business, I had my first son and then 14 months later, my second son. So it was just three businesses all growing at once, I guess, and it's been a really great, um, great um, opportunity for me and I still love it today, which is, yeah, even better. So how, how, how did you end up in accounting? So accounting, so actually that's a great question. Um, when I was at doing my HSC, I had two choices. You'll laugh at this. One was accounting and one was teaching textiles and design because oh, I'm actually a creative person as well. <laughs> um, so I did three-unit maths and three-unit textiles and design. So um, I guess that's why I probably don't come across as a typical accountant. Um, I love, I love, you know, yeah, being creative in that process and, you know, dealing with, with clients. It's never been just the ordinary, boring, you know, conversations. We always have fun and, and I think that's been probably one of the reasons why I have been so successful because clients love coming to talk to me. Mm. So, yeah, so I, I actually um, – after I received my HSC results, I swapped over to accounting. So my first preference was textiles, and then I decided to 
yeah, swap over to accounting and that's when I started uni um, straight after the HSC. And I guess I haven't looked back, but I, I've always tried to, you know, to do things a little bit differently and the way I present the information and the way that I, yeah, make it easy to understand, I guess. Okay, so that that's, um, hmm. you know, that's fantastic for, for people to hear because for me that makes uh, me think about what sensitivities you might have to the needs of creative people. Mm, yeah, definitely. So I always, you know, from an accounting point of view, I've always tried to make things quite easy to understand, explain them in, you know, plain English, and also, you know, like to have it presented so it looks nice and it's, you know, not just boring numbers on a page or, or just, you know, just for a tax return. We, we always try to make it a little bit different. And I guess out of my second business, which I have started a couple of years ago, um, the Biz Buddy is what that's all about as well. Um, making making it a fun this process of you know tax accounting and also having a better relationship with um, an accountant okay. and that's his buddy's all about okay so, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pause for a second there's a little bit of background noise like something clinking have you got a bracelet yes, on? I've got a bracelet on okay yes. we'll just edit edit this little section and I'll come back in but I just just thought we just that's picking all up that noise if we can just I'll take that off that's awesome thanks okay took it off sorry all right ready to roll again now so yeah okay um I, I mean I think making this exciting and interesting and changing our relationship with money um mm. as artists is is I think uh for me anyway it's been an incredibly important thing to change how I feel mm. about that because that changes how I manage my money how organized I am uh how I feel about you know charging for for the creative mm. work that I do all of that sort of stuff I think weaves into to what you you are saying mm. So tell us a little bit then, let's go into talking about the, you know, you, I know you say on your Facebook page, uh, which is the Biz Buddy. That's um, right. You talk about the helping people nail the basics. What does that yeah. mean? So I guess um, one of the one of the passions for starting the Biz Buddy, I was, um, and I'll, I might just go back to this, um, I went with my accounting practice um, because everyone wants to deal, you know, or had wanted to deal with myself, I'd pretty much come to a point where I nearly had to close my books. And that's when I thought, well, what else, what other resources could I actually, you know, potentially sell or provide to businesses that couldn't actually see me face to face, that they weren't going to miss out on some of the things that I did share with my existing clients. And um, that's changed a little bit because I have I've actually sold part of my practice to my youngest brother. So now we are taking clients from that perspective, but it's just really Really, I've only got a limited amount of time. So that's why the Biz Buddy um, idea was born. And so from that, I really um, wanted to share with business owners just getting those basics right because I think from over the years dealing with small businesses, that's what they've been missing when they've come to see me, when I've actually been able to explain things and go back to square one. Um, they think, they say to me, I wish someone would have told me that. I've been struggling with these issues, you know, for the last five years or mm. however long they've had their business. If someone would have actually spoken to me and told me it was that easy, I wouldn't have been so bamboozled and, and just not, just you know, not sort of engaging with this tax. I, I bring it to my accountant every year or I bring my bass every quarter and I really don't know why I do what I do. I just do it and I don't feel like I get any value out of my accountant because all they give me is some pieces of paper that they've lodged with the tax office um, where I really want business owners, yes, you've still got to do that and there's no getting around that, but why not use that information for your 
benefit first mm -hmm. and then let the tax office use it to mm. lodge a tax return or a BAS. So just really understanding why you're doing what you're doing and then like even with your creative, the things that you're actually producing for for your clients and customers, your artwork and putting a value on that. Um, likewise, accountants can put a value on what they're providing as far as what they're giving to the tax office because they're actually doing more than just lodging a form. They're actually helping business owners understand their business better, potentially improve things like record keeping or improve their profitability. But I think because of the relationship, you just go in, get that done, and that's where it sort of stops and starts, you're not getting that nice whole rounded um, engagement, I think, with an accountant, which, you know, they can certainly do and they've got the, the skills to do it. It just doesn't seem to happen because the right questions aren't being asked and the, the right information, that very basic information, is often overlooked because accountants assume their clients know it and the clients don't like to ask because they think that it's too basic, they shouldn't ask and they should know it, but no one achieves anything out of that. Mm, that's a great point. So let, let's get really specific. I mean, what, what sort of questions um, as artists or, or creative people, and, you know, we might be yeah. uh, talking filmmakers, dancers, yeah. um, writers, you know, all sorts of creative people. What Can you tell us specifically, I mean, what would be some of the really obvious to you, um, yeah. probably not to us, but the obvious yeah. questions that we should be asking our accountants? Can you yeah. name a couple of those for us? So, Two things that come to mind, very basic, is your record keeping and just keeping of your records because I find that that's probably one of the biggest um, problems that business owners will come to us with, with um, to do their tax returns. They won't have all the information in a nice, sorted sort of manner or that's not actually complete. So they might bring in what they think they have, they've collected, and they might have, you know, put it in a shoebox. We talk, you know, talk about the shoebox accounting. Mm -hmm. um, or they might um, might just have not saved records, and that's really just throwing deductions away. So are you so talking about receipts? Or receipts what? and things like that. So, yeah, so right. a lot of business owners will not actually have kept a lot of those things, so therefore when they come to their accountant and then we tell them they've got a bill of X, I think, geez, that's a lot. Well, perhaps we could have got that bill a lot less had all the information been provided to us because, you know, we're not magicians and it's, sometimes it's hard if, if people haven't, you know, brought that information to us and haven't saved it. Mm -hmm. We can't claim things. But it's because going back to that initial conversation, if I see a new client that's just starting a business, I'll go through all the things they can claim and I'll say to them, you know, keep everything and then it's no embarrassment if you bring it in and I say, look, that isn't deductible. Um, it's better to have more than not enough. So um, a key point there, one of the things that I like to do, I, I love all my coloured folders and if anyone wants to jump onto my um, website or my Facebook page, they'll get to see some of the beautiful colours I've got, <laughs> my hot, my brand colours, hot pink and orange A4 lever arch folders. So it's very simple, a folder, uh, monthly dividers and then every time you get a receipt, put it in that folder. Fantastic, fantastic. And that's just a very simple um, way. Or like, I mean, there's lots of apps these days and there's obviously you can do it digitally. Mm. But um, I like just to pop it in there. Then at the end of every month you can go and summarise it to see how you're going. So, again, um, that's something that if a, an accountant helped you set up a system that you were able to keep track of all your receipts during the month, then at the end of every month, you know, put them into categories. So how much you've spent on, you know, travelling, on art supplies, on your telephone, um, all those sorts of things, and then you can summarise them and see, 
okay, this cost me this much money to actually operate my business this month. And then you can summarize how much income you've earned and actually really have a look on a monthly basis what's actually happening. And you might say then that might be the, which was the second point that I think accountants can help uh, business owners, is really trying to extract the value of their services. So if they know how much it's costing to run their business, they then have an idea of how much extra profit they'd like to make to remunerate them, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you've got a target on how much sales or how much you need to sell each month to start covering your overheads and then making a profit to aptly reward you for your time and effort. But if you don't know what it's costing you to operate your business and you don't really know what you need to live off, like your own personal budget and what you think you're worth, how do you get to be, be have profitable businesses? And quite often that's not being looked at. Mm. And especially for creative people, they're so busy getting, you know, their artwork or their, you know, productions done. We just need to have like a very simple system that they can quickly, like that filing system, you know, 10 minutes at the end of every week, go and file your receipts. At the end of every month, spend a couple of hours to add everything up and see how you've gone. It's really not that much time. But what happens you're getting excited and do another project and then that month goes, the next month goes and all of a sudden, you know, three months into it, you're wondering why you've got no money in your bank. Right. But, you know, like think, okay, I've been really busy. What am I doing? Well, maybe then for that artwork, you instead of charging $1,000, you should have charged $1,500. It could be just something so simple. But if you're, if you're not looking at things and you don't know where you should be looking, it makes that hard. Yeah, fantastic. And and, and you're right. It's really a simple thing, isn't it? I think what I notice when um, I'm working with artists is there's a a little bit of fear. Mm. There's not a great relationship with money. And so people tend to bury their head in the sand. And I think what you're saying is, listen, we can't do that if we want to run a business of any sort. And we yeah. are in business as, as creative people. You know, if we're, yeah. we're, we're producing and selling things and, and needing to buy yeah. materials, we are in business. Yeah. So we yeah. need to really understand this stuff. And it doesn't have to be scary. We need to change it, our relationship to this stuff. It's changed your relationship. And I think a lot of people say, you know, like especially with, like that was quite funny for me to be creative but also have a mathematical brain. And, you know, quite often those things don't go together. Yeah. And that's why there's so much resistance. But I think think about let's not worry about uh, tax and money being about maths we need to think about it from a tax office perspective for one so they don't care whether people like maths or not you know you've got to do it to conform with the ATO Um, so we just have to do that and just get over that but I think and and I don't want people to be doing their tax and doing their money stuff just for the tax man do it for you first, which mm. comes back to what I mentioned earlier um, as we were talking. Do it for you and let the tax office use that information at the end, but use it to work out, you know, whether you're making enough money, whether you're charging enough. And, you know, you might have the the philosophy, you don't need a lot of money because you just love what you do and, and all that sort of thing. But a lot of people then would like to maybe say, you know, donate. So if you were to make extra money that you might not necessarily need to invest for yourself to live off, how about using that money to invest in your, you know, future? So maybe putting some money away for superannuation and things like that, which a lot of people in business don't do, mm. or make some, you know, use some of that money for, um, you know, 
charitable purposes and say, okay, well, if I if I make X or if I beat my target, I would like to, um, you know, offer a scholarship or offer a uh, prize for a school or offer something. So even though you're not necessarily working to make money for yourself because you're happy with your income at the moment, why not make more and do something else with it so provide for your future or provide for someone else? That's a, a, a beautiful idea, actually. I, mm. I, I really love that. Yeah. Tell us about percentages. Like if, if I did want to put um, a bit aside, let's say for super, you mentioned super. Mm. Um, yeah. What sort of percentages should I be thinking about there, Amanda? So if you were working, like think about if you're working for someone else as, as an artist or in an art gallery as a curator or, or whatever, if you were working for someone else and getting a salary, you would actually be getting 9.5% of that salary paid into your superannuation for retirement. So I think when you're looking at your business and looking at your overheads, I think it's only fair that we should be um, allowing for superannuation and an appropriate wage that you would get elsewhere. Because remember, when we've got a business, it's not just a, a 40-hour week. Um, you know, you're often working longer than 40 hours. Mm. So sometimes if you add up what you've actually received as income, divide it by the hours and hours you've poured and your energy into the business, you might actually be quite surprised at how much you're working for. And, you know, the people that are actually benefiting from your, your you know, labour of love and what you're actually producing are actually your consumers or your clients. Right. So that's another way of looking at it. You know, they're getting, they're getting a deal and a deal on your, you know, on your work and then come to when you retire, you don't have any money put away. So I think by looking at your money, looking at what your costs, look at what you're charging, it's not just for the right here and now. It's actually for your future. So this is about investing for yourself. Yeah, and looking after yourself because, you know, as much as you love and you're throwing your energies into it, there may become a time where you can't do that because maybe, you know, through illness of yourself or illness of a spouse or a child that you do have to cut back. What do you do then? Mm. You know, so perhaps if you've charged extra for that artwork or you've charged extra for that, um, you know, garment to be made and, you know, and these are one-off, you know, often one-off pieces, one-off, you know, like it's really just a matter of really putting a value on your time and yourself. I think that's, a, that again, a great point because um, perhaps as artists, creative people, we get wrapped up in the, the process. Yeah. We, we, we're not necessarily thinking... Um, certainly not thinking so much about making investments for herself, but probably not in terms of future, as you're saying, yeah. and, and sort of um, future-proofing our our, yeah. our, our our business, um, yeah. which is, I think, what you're talking about. That's great. Yeah, and that's, I think, and the other thing is what happens if, you know, and, and, you know, being creative, it could be you could be sitting there for hours and hours before something comes I often am, Amanda, of I often yes, <laughs> and you know, and then same with us. We could be sitting there trying to resolve this problem, researching a tax, you know, issue, and it might take us hours and hours. Um, but then other times, it might just come to you straight away, or you might say, "Okay, look, I have never approached this problem, but because of my, you know, training in in uni or other further study, I know exactly what I need to resolve this. I need, I know exactly what area of the tax act I need to be looking at, and and I can apply that. Now it might only take me three or four hours, 
but that's because of all that knowledge I've built up over the time. So therefore, from an accounting point of view, it would be also remiss of me to charge an hourly rate times four or five hours because the value of that piece of um, that solution that I provided to a client that, you know, saving them a whole heap of tax, it's not equating to four hours worth of my time. Right. Okay. It's about value and I think all industries these days are working towards value proposition. What is this value? And so for a piece of artwork, if there's only one of them, it has inherent value. So just because it only took you, you just snapped it up in three hours because you were just, you know, going through this really creative process and it was just all happening and, you know, it just you didn't have to fix anything up. It just perfect, you know, first time. Why should that only be equivalent to three hours to charge for three hours because you know this could be something that you've you know you've been overseas and you've you know it's, it's provided you that um that you know inspiration yeah that's right there's, like a, that. there's there's often yeah. a story or, or um an experience or years of experience isn't there just behind things so that, and i think that's a great thing that you know if we whip something up quickly do we yes. have a lesser value on that than something we agonized over yeah so we're ripping and ourselves off potentially Absolutely, uh, definitely. Mm, mm. And it's just something that, you know, you often don't look at it and it's not being greedy, it's not being, but it's probably just that, like what you said about the relationship with money. Yeah, it's, it's not being greedy, it's being realistic. Being you know, realistic and like, looking, looking at figures, numbers and, and yeah. being honest with yourself. That's yeah. realistic, yeah. Yeah, and if you go to Target to buy something and then, then you decide to go to a, a high-end fashion, you know, you may actually think something looks very similar. But there's plenty of people that are prepared to pay the premium for that particular design label. And I think artists need to, yeah, you know, think about that as, as they're pricing um, what, what they are selling. Fantastic. Mm. On, a, on another note, hobby artists yes. versus professional artists. Tell, yes. tell us the, the difference. Okay, so if someone is just doing art for a hobby, they do not need to declare it for um, – for tax purposes, um, so there. But there's, there's lots of there's a ruling, and I'll actually um, send you the link, Felicity, for the ruling, which talks about the types of things the ATO look at to see whether something could be classified as a hobby. So then your listeners can have a look at that. But there's not one hard and fast rule. Um, it, it sort of talks about you know the number of hours that you might commit to to the, to the pursuit, um, the activity, mm -hmm. um, the amount of money you're making. Um, so there's really no hard and fast, but comes back to that very first uh, thing that I talked about at record keeping. How do you know whether you're whether it should be classified as a hobby or a business if you're not keeping records? Mm -hmm. So you might say, look, I think I'm just doing this as a hobby, but then you know you might actually win an art prize or sell something or have something commissioned, and it's just a one-off. But what happens if the tax officer saying, no, we really think, you know, we'd like a piece of that. And that was, you know, you got $10,000 for that. I'd like a piece of that. And you think, oh, okay, well, but I haven't kept any receipts because I thought it was a hobby. Mm. So unless you're consciously looking um, and keeping those records, how do you really know? So therefore, I would, even if you think it's a hobby, still keep the receipts, still um, add them up at the end of the month just to see what it is you really are spending because, um, yeah, you might think you do it as a hobby but it, it might not be. Or even if you are thinking it's still a hobby and you're adding up and thinking, oh, I didn't realise I'd spent so much money, okay, now I need to start charging more and actually 
that could be the limiting thing that's stopping you from taking this business to its um, optimal level is because you've still got the mentality that's a hobby, whereas really if you change that, started to do your record keeping, starting to realise you could really make some really good money out of this and turn it into a profit-making exercise, there's your limiting belief stopping you. Yeah, yeah, and I'm all about how limiting beliefs stop us. That's definitely yeah, something and I, I, think I work if, on. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you do that, you might think, okay, I can really make a go of this because I really love this and, um, you know, I hate doing this nine-to-five job because, you know, it's not really where my passion is. If you start to do that record-keeping, if you start to being more comfortable and open to the taxes and the and that side of things, you actually might find you can make a real goal of it. You can actually either reduce your time in your nine to five job that you know you really hate going to and start, you know, living your life doing what you really like to do and making a good living out of it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the the idea of the starving artist. If mm. you're looking at those things and actually really valuing your time, yeah, you can you can make money out of it. So this and, is you know, about doing this sort of intelligently. Share your gifts, you know, and do it and, you know, yeah. everyone's happy. That's the, Yeah, that's that's the key, isn't it? I think this is about, you know, for me it's about living a fulfilled life. Mm. And yeah. if, if life isn't feeling that way, then and, and I've got this thing on the side called art and that yes. does fill me up, mm. then I need to find a way to make it happen. And, um, you know, what I often talk to my clients about is how do we make a should a must? Yes. You know, if yes. I must leave my job so that I can be a full-time artist, then how am I going to do it? Well, you've given us a really great first step to that, which, which yeah. is, you know, having a really close look at the financial side of this. And yeah. that's so inspiring, Amanda, just to hear you say that, really, that, that, you know, there are probably lots of people out there that could actually take this step if they, mm. you know, really looked at, at the financial end of things and yeah. start to believe in themselves and deal with their limiting beliefs. I think so. And I think um, thinking about that even from my my perspective, like uh, having my accounting practice for 17 years, now I, and when I started the Biz Buddy, it was just to be just something on the side that I could just, you know, hand out that information to people that I couldn't actually see because my books were pretty much full. Take that, you know, that was my original thought with the Biz Buddy. Mm-hmm. And then things happened, changed, and my brother came into the business. And now that's allowed me to actually really live what I, what I, you know, what I believe in. So I've actually cut back my accounting practice that I'm actually only going into my accounting practice three days a week. Mm-hmm. So I can really start working on the biz buddy more and actually making that instead of just something on the side, which was which was what I originally meant for it to be, is to really bring those two together and actually do them both, um, you know, concurrently. Because, I mean, it would be just as easy and probably, you know, I would make more money if I worked five days in my accounting practice Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually made that choice now to cut back to three and do my biz buddy things and really believe in myself that I can actually still make money doing that um, because I just I really want to spread spread that information and really want to share that with more people. And but that's giving me a work life balance because that's my creative side even coming out more. Um, on that biz buddy, the two days a week that I dedicate now to the biz buddy. That's exactly what I was just thinking. That, that that's mm. your creativity coming weaving back into your life. Isn't Absolutely, it? It, it needs to be listened to and good for you for taking that but step. I had to make that conscious effort because it was hard yeah. for me because I had you know had my time. I could continue to do five days a week, but I had a bit of a sea change, moved an hour away from my office. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm actually, you know, living near the water and that was part of my sea change. And to reward me for 17 years full-time, you know, in that business, you know, bringing wow. up my family. And now, because um, I've worked full-time the whole time and, you know, and more because it was my own business. Wow. Um, so now I'm doing a little bit in reverse and I'm trying to and really connect and make sure that I've got that work-life balance because, so many businesses just don't have that. They're just slaves to their businesses. And I want to also make sure that business owners are definitely enjoying what they're doing. They're making you know, the right amount of money doing it. So it's not, you know, so they actually are getting, they're being profitable, they're having fun and it's rewarding, but not becoming slaves to it. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons because, you know, we've all heard the stories, you know, people working and, you know, they retire, they work so hard for retirement and they get ill and they, they can't enjoy their retirement. So I think as a, we're all trying to, to do more things in the amount of time we have and be, you know, lead more fulfilled lives. Wow. And it's not all about the money and it's not all about the money. So I've sort of cut back and really, you know, practicing what I'm preaching. Oh, it's just, just thinking to myself, you really uh, walk in the talk and I love mm. it. That's, that's mm. fantastic. Yeah, okay. Um, what was I going to ask you next? Oh, yeah, I had a specific question um, mm -hmm. from my beautiful art community yes. from, from the easel, which is my uh, Facebook group for practicing creative people. Yes. And there was a question around winning prize money mm -hmm. or or getting uh, grants perhaps. Mm -hmm. And what the sort of taxation issues might be around that? Like do you pay tax when you win a prize? Yes, I would definitely uh, imagine the tax of us want a piece of it. So it goes back to that hobby and whether you're running a business so if it's part and parcel of your business enterprise yes it would be included but if it was just a one-off thing that you still were in that hobby stage um yeah you you would not probably have to pay tax on that okay great that was just a question I I'm, to I'm happy to do i'm happy to do um i'll do a blog post if you like on that and with some information from the tax office oh that'd be awesome um, yes. about that i'm happy to do a blog post about that and i was also thinking about um Another thing which is called, like, if you make a loss, and, and this is getting quite technical, and I'll, I'll do a little post for you so, you know, your listeners can have a bit of an idea. Right. If you're, sometimes when you're starting a business, you actually, you lose money because, you you know, investing in a lot of equipment, you know, you're actually getting a lot of consumables, you know, lots of art supplies. So, for that first couple of years, you might actually make a loss. Mm -hmm. And that's where people might be thinking that, oh, it's just a hobby. I'm not going to declare it to the tax office. Mm -hmm. Um, you might actually want to consider declaring the the loss because then that can be deferred and offset against future years when you make a profit. Okay. So if you decide that you don't want to declare anything but you're making a loss and then all of a sudden in sort of technically year three of your business or the, the third year of your pursuit that you now make money, mm -hmm. if you don't declare the losses in the previous year, you're starting to pay tax from that third year, whereas if you would have actually had an ABN and um, declared those losses in so in the earlier years, you could actually offset those losses against any profit in that third year or the year that you've made a profit. Okay, okay. So um, we might be we might have some listeners that are not in Australia where you and I are. So oh, yes. an ABN, what 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 would that be known oh, as? That's, that's an Australian business number, or you know, I'm not sure what they call it overseas. No, I don't know either. Yeah, no, so if you're a business, but um, there's lots of things there that you probably need to, you know, 
listeners um, in Australia would probably need to look at. Um, and also registering for the GST is another Australian um, issue, and that's if your income from your um, activities, business activities, exceeds $75,000 in any one year. But again, I'm happy to do a couple of little posts um, for you over the next couple of months um, for this that you might be able to share. That would be fantastic, even if we get the link to your blog. So actually, yes. tell, that, and that's a perfect step in to tell us about uh, your, your, your blog. And also, I'd really yeah. love to hear, Amanda, about your future projects for the BizBuddy and what sort sure. of products or um, courses or yeah, stuff. I know you're working on some of this stuff, so what, are we, what have we yeah. got to look forward to? Okay, so I have a website, so it's www.thebizbuddy.com.au and um, I share lots of articles on their blogs. Um, I do a bit of blogging for MYB, so I'm one of their authors and um, I'd love, I've got an Instagram account and Facebook, so I've I've put lots of nice inspirational things, so I'm sure um, because that that creative and artistic you know, part of me actually yes. has lots of nice. So it's, it's actually quite nice to read, and it's not the boring accounting thing. So your listeners might like to follow me on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so I'm working at the moment on a couple of e-courses. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you know, about the record keeping, about understanding your financial statements, about what things business owners need to do on a monthly and quarterly basis. So you know, checklists. Um, I'm also going to open up some one-on-one coaching, just just for uh, people who just want that really tailored uh, advice to get them going, get them started or get them in, you know, the right habits so then they can have a much better relationship with their accountant. So at the moment there's a couple of deals that I've got on probably mainly for the um, Australian listeners about getting ready for BAS time. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few slots there um, in the upcoming weeks and also um, if people haven't done a tax return, just what they need to do. So there could be, um, I do find it's quite common that, just not knowing where to start, you don't you put your head in the sand and don't do anything. So there's probably some people that actually have some outstanding tax returns. You know, a couple of, I can have a call with those just to say what you need to do to get organised and maybe like tailor something, whether it's um, some people like to do things electronically, sometimes people like to do more, you know, manual and handwritten um, information. And then I can just talk around the options that are available. So then you can actually, you know, potentially go cap in hand to your account and say, look, I've been naughty. Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. done a tax return. But look, I'm really organized. And here it is. Could you help me out in lodging it for you? So there's a couple of little um, offers that I've got going at the moment. That sounds really good. And I, I think mm-hmm. I, I'm really glad you mentioned that that's mm-hmm. potential kind of problem yeah. that, that people might be actually really fearful about this because they're you know three four five years behind yes. doing tax and they just now are in overwhelm and Absolutely. you know they're just trying to to bring the next sort of few dollars in and yeah. that stuff's getting suppressed and of course yeah of course as a psychologist i know that that's going to be causing stress and actually even though you think you're just going along without dealing with it in the back of your mind, it is going to be actually causing that stress and worry mm. and exhausting you and burning up energy where it feels yeah. so much better when you yeah. deal with the the financial fear or those, yes. those things that you have in the back of your mind that aren't getting dealt with. It just feels so good, doesn't it, you know, to uh, and, and yeah. get help with it, you know, instead of struggling yeah. along. And, and, well, I know you, you for one, would be a fantastic person to get that help from, whether it's through yeah. um, just reading your blog posts or actually yes. contacting you for some sessions. Um, yeah. That's the sort of thing people – that's the sort of action that, that, that people in that position really need to now take. 
yeah, and don't you know, and make this you know, fresh start, get it all organised, and you know, I'm happy to even you know give you a couple of scripts that you need to like email to your accountant to say this is what I need to do, or you know, just to help you so you can break the ice with them. And the other thing is, if you're not comfortable with the accountant that you've got, well, you know, seek out someone that you know um, or that someone else has used that will be you know you'd be comfortable dealing with. So that's, you know, I've seen quite a few Facebook groups where people do put that call out. You know, I have a couple of years outstanding or, or even if you don't even say that, just say, look, I'm an artist or I work in this industry. Has anyone got a really good accountant that I can talk to? Mm. And then they will often put you in touch with someone because word of mouth is the best, you know, the best advertisement mm. ever and it's all that I've actually ever um, used. Mm. But that would be really good. Then you know I knew that's you're in. Okay, I've spoken to you. I've been referred to you by and then I've got but I have got five years but look don't worry I've got it all sorted out I've got it all summarized um and here here it is and those people don't necessarily need to be in your location because you know we have people that send things into us all the time you know um from all over Australia for instance so a lot of other accounts but if they've got a niche in your particular industry whether it's film art whatever go to that that particular you know accountant Fantastic. It's referred to you, yeah. So um, if you're not happy, happy with the one you've got, you know, search for someone else. It's sort of like the advice I often give people with their GP, you know, with their, yeah. their general doctor, that, that if they really don't feel they're getting that rapport no. or care that they feel they need, then get yeah. a second opinion. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you feel so much lighter and you'll, you know, you will not realise how much, even though you might think that it's not worrying you, in your subconscious it is. It's when I often know. Actually, I had a client come in to see me this week and I did his tax and he said, so how much? I said, I'm really happy with the tax, you know, and how much for the psychology session? He said, I'm, <laughs> what? He said oh, I can tell you. He said, I'm feeling a lot better, you know, uh, walking out this place and I walked in and he was really, you know, an, an elderly man. But yeah. Happy that he actually, you know, acknowledged that, and he said, "Oh, I'm feeling so good. I've got it all sorted, and I had the the whole lot done in the appointment." So, you know, he was, you know, feeling happy, you know, happy as Larry walking out the door, which was good. That's fantastic and great for you, isn't it? Like, because you you really feel that sense of um, fulfillment and purpose in in your work. Just, just, I suppose, similar to me, and that really uplifts my energy and inspires you to, you know, help the next person and serve in in the way that really makes your life worthwhile so um all good that's all good is there any other quick any little little bites or advice that you want to throw in amanda before we we finish up for today yeah one little thing that just leading up from what we were saying look i also think one of my biggest pieces of advice um to anyone starting a business or anyone in business now is the way you start will be the way you finish so Mm. you know this is you since your business this is you you have the option to operate and to run it what suits you. So if you only want to work part-time, only want to work part-time. If you only want to work with a certain type of person or a certain type of business, only work with those. Don't be all things to all people. So in my business, I only deal with small to medium-sized businesses and individuals. Now, over the years, I've had lots of big businesses come to me and I've had to say to them, look, even though I'm qualified, you know, we've I'm a chartered accountant, um, I could certainly do the work, but that's not, not my niche. I love dealing with the small to medium-sized businesses, so I've decided that is my niche. Mm. And um, what happens is I'm then all over the information that I need to share. So when I'm sharing information in my blogs or in my newsletters, I'm sharing relevant information to that 
you know, that client base. Whereas if you've got a bit of this and a bit of that, sometimes that's a lot harder to, to sort of communicate. So I really, you know, I've lived by that the whole, you know, 17 years and I also my previous position that I had. But I also want to give business owners the confidence that if they don't feel um, that there's a synergy working with a particular type of person or a type of business, don't do it because you just end up working yourself up and it's just, you know, you're not making space for people that really um, you could work better with. Mm-hmm. So that would be a really a parting advice. If you've got people that you're working with that you're not, it's not doing it for you, you're better off parting ways in a nice amicable way mm-hmm. and then making space for the people that are really your ideal clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. And My brain's sort of just thinking through what that would be in the creative business world um but it might be a, a gamble well it's, you know, it could or... be okay it could be you know like you know sort of it could be someone that you know they tell you they want this certain you know they want to commission it oh, commission, something yeah. or they want they want this and then you provide that and they go oh no i don't want that you know and then so you might get over that project and you might think okay well that's probably the first and the last project i'm going to do for that person yes. um i need to do or if it's something that you're not oh, you know, I've done it before, but it's probably not my passion. Maybe you say, well, look, before starting it, look, it's, you know, I could do it. It's probably not an area that I, I've done a lot of work in. I would probably, you know, recommend that you go and see this person because, you know, this person really nails that or I'd be happy to refer to that. You're often, a, you know, it's a better to refer out, lose that income than have the stress that goes with from taking that, that um, engagement on. Okay, fantastic advice, yeah. Yeah. Look, it's it's been really awesome to speak to you, Amanda, as I, as I knew it was going to be because of the chats that you and I have Thank had in you. the past. And I think, um, I hope, certainly hope that this podcast has been helpful for people and I think uh, they know how to get in contact with you now is, is the best mm-hmm. way. Well, tell us what's the yeah, best just, way. Yeah, just um, probably just, you know, connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or if anyone has a specific, you know, question, feel free to email uh, me, amanda at thebizbuddy.com.au. Okay, and the Biz Buddy is B-I-Z. B-I-Z-B-U-D-D-Y. B-U-D-D-Y, the Biz Why? Buddy. Yes, and I'm just about to release my first newsletter. So, oh, fantastic. So um, I think um, on my website there should be a – a pop-up that comes up to sign up for a newsletter and so just be releasing that it's um ready to go probably early next week great and it's I'll called the buzz it's, it's called the buzz the buzz okay the biz buddy buzz the biz buddy buzz <laughs> so putting the buzz into your business oh excellent well we all but with it with a nice with a it's it's going to be a, the, the, the idea with the newsletter also and everything that i produce it's all about the holistic you know um it's about you know, um, money, wealth, tax, but also um, lots of sort of things from a health, looking after your own health and your own well-being, because it's all about balance. Oh, that's fantastic. So. That's so beautiful. And, you know, I think that's what I just really resonated with you, your warmth, your heart, uh, your passion for what you do, your creativity. And then you, somehow you've mixed all of that in with something that many of us feel it's a pretty boring kind of area yeah. <laughs> of finance and accounting. But, you know, yeah. I, I think your energy is just beautiful around that, Amanda, and it's been really terrific to speak to you today. I really appreciate all of that. And I think um, if you're a listener needing or some help or you're struggling with some of this, I hope this has been inspirational and that you feel you know exactly what sort of action you can go off and do for yourself today 
uh, and take those steps to start um, moving in a, in a really healthy financial way. So thanks again, Amanda. Um, Thank you for listening. I'm, I'm sure we'll speak again sometime soon, but it's really been awesome to have you on the show today. So we'll put some of those links uh, and information in the show notes for people so you can get in touch and find out more about what Amanda's doing. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com, and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From The Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.